Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Kiara Ladner, author of the debut novel, Night Shift. Kiara, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jeff. I'm glad to be on it. Sure. Well, if someone hasn't yet heard about your debut novel, Night Shift, how would you describe the novel? Hmm. I think it's a dark, edgy, coming-of-age story set in London's Night Shift world. Um, And at one level, we follow the narrator, Maggie, who's 23 and South African, as she becomes increasingly obsessed with Sabine, who's also 23 and Belgian. But on another level, the novel explores what happens when you meet the person you want to be and how far you can, uh, how far can you go in losing yourself in order to become, to come closer to who you really are. And I'm curious, do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to write Night Shift? Uh, it was a conflation of many things, um, including a deep feeling for young people who want to be other than what they are, um, and a, a sadness for missed connections and friendships and relationships that burn and die. <laughs> um, and, and then for a long time, I had wanted to write something set in the night shift world. Sure. And was that a world that you were familiar with yourself? Very much so, yes. Um, I did. Um, it's it's the, the, the one part of the book that is um is is uh, that I that draws on completely um autobiographical information is is the job. Um I did the same job that Maggie does. Um cutting out uh yeah um cutting out crime articles summarizing crime articles for clients overnight i did that for about a year and eight months um and it i, I think doing night shifts was such a massive thing it 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 it, it, it really changed the way that that i saw nights and the city and time and all of those things kind of uh, um, changed my perspective a bit. And, and so I, it stuck with me. And I always wanted to write something at some point in that setting. That's great. Well, what was your fiction writing journey that led you to writing and getting your debut novel published? Uh, it's been a long journey because I think I've always loved writing. Well, not always. I think... Um, yeah, from, from when I, I went to drama school originally after school, um, and I'd, I'd wanted to be an, an actor. And um, yeah, I wasn't very far into that when I realized I actually wanted to be a writer. I wanted something much more introverted. Mm-hmm. Um, and so since then, I, I wanted to write. And but I did it just for myself for many, many, many years. Um, and I. With whatever job I had, I would make sure that I woke up so that I could have three hours before I had to get ready for work in which to write. Um, it, it, the truth is I didn't write for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to music and um, drank coffee. And then I think when I was high enough on those two things, I would probably write for half an hour or something. <laughs> um, but, 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 you know, I did this consistently for a long, long time. Um, and I wasn't even sure if I ever wanted to be published. I just wanted to write. And then um, eventually 
um, I, I decided to join a writing workshop. Um, and that sort of changed everything for me in a way. Um, it was a wonderful workshop with a, 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 a wonderful tutor, um, the late John Petherbridge. And um, we would have this, you know, three hours of workshopping each other's work on a Saturday, then go to go to the pub afterwards. And um, <laughs> the whole experience was very special. I've, I've met some of my closest friends there. Um, yeah, even my partner. So, um, <laughs> it, yeah. That's great. I think joining a group, um, and and I went on to do, you know, various things. I got I got funding for an MA at the University of East Anglia, so I did that, and that of course gave time full time time to write, which was incredible. And then I wanted more, so <laughs> I got funding for a PhD um, in creative writing, which again gave full, you know, my, I, I could write full time, um, and that was amazing. And I think all these courses and these groups and so on, I think. I think they they're really good if you want if you do want to write something that is going to be publishable. Sure. And what was the submission process like for you once you finished night shift? Did you submit to agents and and how how did that work? <laughs> it's actually quite a funny story because okay. we're all kind of back to front. So um, I was doing my PhD and I was doing short stories for it, but I was very slow. I changed what I was doing halfway through and I was really behind and I only had a few months left and I needed 50,000 words of fiction. So I thought, well, I can't do 50,000 50, words of short stories in this short amount of time. I have to write something longer. So I wrote Night Shift. <laughs> and I'm an extremely <laughs> slow writer. So it was all kind of crazy because I, I, you know, I, I felt like I had a gun at my head, so I had to do it. So I pushed the words out. Um, and I wrote it and, 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 um, and then my supervisor, um, suggested I, I send it to someone he knew who was a commissioning editor and I hadn't even edited it myself and so on. And, and I did, and I heard nothing and I thought, oh, well, you know, that's, that's normal <laughs> in the writing world. You hear nothing. Um, and then a few months later, I suddenly got this email in my, in my inbox and it went, we would like to offer you X amount to publish Night Shift. Oh, wow. And I thought, what? <laughs> I didn't have an agent or anything. <laughs> That's the kind um, of uh, email everyone dreams about. I know. I know. I know. But it's terrible when you get an email like that. Then then your email box becomes this magical thing that you think might <laughs> deliver these things from time to time. <laughs> Um, but then, yeah, then, then um, I, 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 a couple of agents had shown interest, so I, um, I sent it to them, and, and I, I went with the agent who was the most critical because I thought that would be best for my long-term career as a writer. Um, and she sent it out to publishers, um, gave them kind of forty-eight hours to respond because I don't know quite say the an offer on the table. Suddenly you're in a different <laughs> different reality. And then Picador, yeah, Picador preemptively made an offer and that That's great. Was that and then and then I was so so excited when Mariner Books in the United States wanted to publish it too. That was like really fantastic. That's great. Well, what was your writing process when you did? You you said you had to to write these fifty thousand words. Um, are are you a writer who, when you were working on night shift and you had that kind of self imposed deadline, 
uh, did you outline the novel or was it more of just kind of diving into the narrative? What was, what was your process like when you were trying to meet that deadline and get the 50,000 words written? Mm. It was, um, no, I didn't plan it or outline it. I've, I've never successfully done that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important to understand how story structure works, but sure. I, it's never worked for me to, to do that. Um, so I think I started it more or less in the same way that I often start my short stories where I, you know, I write a whole lot of bits and then I kind of see if there's a voice coming through and I see if the bits are in conversation with each other and and if I can see a way forward. And then I think with my writing, I don't plan, but usually two things happen that make me feel like something has legs. And the one is when I find a voice that I feel I want to continue in and sustain uh, and explore. And, and I found the voice of the story. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is, it's weird. It's, it's, it's almost something mathematical. It's like I sort of imagine characters as X and Y, and I see this sort of equation of how, <laughs> <laughs> how, how things work with X and Y or, you know, whatever. And, and, and how, how, how the, I suppose how, how the tension increases sure. and where it will drop. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so, so, and then when I started writing it, I mean, I started writing it as letters. So, I mean, it started very differently. Right, right. Um, it was kind of letters from a middle-aged woman to a much younger woman whom she was wanting to, to be of use to in a way because she had basically the night shift story in the, in the back of her mind. Um, but then that character just got kind of, uh, yeah, that character got cut out. And I also initially wanted to tell the story as like a, 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 walk, a walking trip over London, <laughs> which, <laughs> yeah, I think I've said in another interview, I, I spent sort of two weeks planning this walking trip, um, but that also got lost. Where, where, where the planning process did come in was um, once I had written Night Shift, which I wrote extremely quickly, Mm-hmm. And then I wrote down all the scenes that I had, and then I, I kind of ordered them and put them into parts. And I mean, it was mostly I'd written it chronologically, you know. Right. Um, but still, it was it was at that point that I kind of worked, you know, tried to see where does it dip, what you know, where are there duplications and something needs to go, um, where does there need to be more escalation of tension, etc. Well, I think if you ever wanted to write a nonfiction book about writing, I think that, you know, examining that process of, of the equation, I think you might want to keep that in mind. <laughs> so uh, I'm curious, are, are you working on a new novel now? Yes, I am, but it's a baby. It's like, <laughs> I don't, it's not even, I don't know what it is. Sure, and, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it hasn't yet got legs. So we'll have to see. <laughs> That's great. But, but I'm, hope, I'm hoping. I'm feeling like, yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling like I hope it works out. That's good. That's not quite being hopeful, but anyway. <laughs> well, well, I'm curious, what writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own stories or novels? Yeah, um, I think it depends what stage you're at, you know. So I, I also teach writing, short story writing, novel writing, novella writing to students. And, you know, I think I think there's a time for being in your cave, you know, um, mm-hmm. when you just need to 
keep it to yourself, nurture it in the ways that you want, not judge it, obviously. Um, and a time when, yeah, when you don't need feedback, you know, when it's best just to, 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 to let the thing start to grow in its own way. Um, but then I think there comes a time for treating it as work. And I think that's often the time where it can be useful to join a writing group or, you know, or, or, or course or something. Um, I mean, on courses that, that often the people I've learned the most from have been, have been other students, you know, um, but I think, I think, I think, I think treating it as work enables you to have a little bit of a distance. Um, and, and, and it, it makes you more open to trying new things, you know, to listening to people's opinions. And I, I've just seen time and time again, the writers who succeed, who, who succeed in writing a publishable novel. I mean, after that, whether it gets published or not, there is, of course, a strong degree of, of luck involved. Oh, but I think getting it to that phase, the, the people I've seen who've succeeded with that have been those who, Really, they're workers. They roll up their sleeves and 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 work at it. And and it 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 just means being very humble in that way. I think that's what I've seen in 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 in, in other people. Um, and it also takes a lot of determination. A novel. Um, sure. Yeah. Well, what novels have you read recently that you enjoyed? I loved a novel by Daughter North called. Mirror shoulder signal. Um, it was really terrific. Um, I hadn't read anything by her before, so that mm-hmm. was that was new. And it's set in Copenhagen and thereabouts. Um, I I also um, I, I, I've read a couple of experimental novels recently. Partly, I'm just um, I mean, I read I read them. Ordinarily, every now and then, yes, whenever I want to, or whatever. But but this has been um, with the intention of looking at um, how they structured. Um, you know what 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 makes a lot of people write in a way that's quite experimental. But it sometimes feels like it works, and sometimes it feels like it's kind of kind of a bit of a jumble. And so I was kind of interested in in, in what makes these books work. And and they were both two terrific books. The one was Sterling Carrot Gold by um, Isabel Weidner, which um, actually won the Goldsmiths Prize um, and, and was, it's got a lot of heart. Um, it's, it's, um, it's, yeah, it, 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 it's a terrific little book. And the other one was Harrow by Joy Williams, um, which, yeah, Joy Williams is great book that comes from I guess quite a different place in the writer's life um you know she's um she's a very experienced writer right um and yeah it was interesting looking at it and going what makes it stick together what is the glue what sure well well where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you and your novel oh cool I've got a website um www.kiaraladner.com um, and yeah anyone should feel free to to contact me there's a contact form on that if they if they want to say hi or whatever um, uh, and I'm on Instagram as well quite <laughs> new new to that yeah so that's it <laughs> that's great well again we've been speaking with Kiara Ladner author of the debut novel Night Shift the novel is on sale now so go buy a copy and Kiara thanks for doing this interview 
Thank you very much. I've enjoyed it. Thanks, Jay. Wonderful. Now, stay tuned for a brief excerpt from the audiobook of Night Shift by Kiara Ladner, read by Olivia Darnley. Available from Harper Audio, wherever audiobooks are sold. At its peak, my obsession with her was like a form of self-harm, a private source of pain and comfort. When I found the ring box in the back of the drawer, I didn't want to open it. Navy and heart-shaped, it has a finely brocaded border and thin silver hook. The lining is pearly satin indented to hold a delicate jewel. A market seller provided it for a soldering I'd bought, shoving the chunky band determinedly into the slot. I could have saved him the trouble. I'd no need for the box, yet was captivated by its fairy tale charm. On leaving the stall, I slid the ring onto my finger and smoothed the satin back into a tight clasp. For almost two decades, I haven't looked at what's inside the box. Simply having it in the room will hopefully pull me through my task. When doubts hover close, I move it about restlessly. I place it behind my computer as if its reliquary power can channel through the screen or hide it far away on the windowsill by the moldy coffee cups. Getting up from my desk, I pace the room with it in my palm. Since being unable to sleep, I've passed through a shadow curtain. The present has become dark and stagnant. The past circles vividly around me. Sharp memories cut through chronology's thin skin. In the strange energy of these insomniac nights, I have begun to write as consolation. To make a story that will put an end to reliving flash fragments, to remembering only the most troubling details. Easily, I slip back to the day I first saw her. I had a job in media monitoring. We provided clients in cars and construction with daily updates of press content. The articles were selected by senior analysts. My work was to write the summaries. Given that copying out the opening paragraphs brought no complaints, I wasn't motivated to do much more. Excused from staff meetings due to client deadlines, I'd twirl about in my office chair. Shutting my eyes, I'd picture the second floor, open plan and strip-lit, the boards separating cubicles decorated with photographs of loved ones, families and pets. One neighbor's neat lineup of sharpened pencils, another's orderly stack of chamomile and fennel teas. My desk, strewn with tire-related articles, my board pinned with ideas for me and Graham, my boyfriend. The drawn conference room blinds meant I didn't need to picture my conventionally dressed colleagues, who were, in turn, spared the sight of me, a woman in a bobbly jumper and jeans with a mid-length tangle of orange hair. No matter how often I played the game, when I looked again, my surroundings would be both as I'd visualized them and not. 
The concrete materiality of the objects was identical, but the colors, the quality of light, the atmosphere were subtly different. See, I tell myself, you don't know it all. Things change. You can't predict how they'll seem in 30 seconds, never mind till the end of time.